Welcome to the Real Estate Investors Weekender Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning editorial staff at nreionline.com. Let's jump right into this week's top news, features, and blog posts. Hello, and welcome to the NREI Weekender with your host, David Bodemer. Normally, we do like the week's top news, but David's bringing us something special again. He's going to be reviewing the fourth annual REIT study that is part of their NREI research series. Good afternoon, David. How are you? I am doing all right. How are you doing today? Fantastic. I, I hear we're covering the study, and, and uh, I know I have a lot to learn. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> and I'm sure the study was pretty robust. I know we're not going to be able to hit everything, but kind of what are we covering today? It's part of our research series. So it's part of the it's part of the series of 10 or so research reports that we produce annually. This one specifically looks at uh, what's going on with publicly traded real estate investment trusts since you know those represent a pretty significant portion of the companies that own commercial real estate in the United States. It's always uh, we find that it's it's interesting to get a gauge of what people how people are viewing them, mm-hmm. what people expect them to be doing. Uh, and I think that, you know, as, as, a, as a major investor class among all of the kinds of investors in commercial real estate, they're just a, it's just a good benchmark for, I think, for other people to, to look at in terms of figuring out like, what they, they might be doing. All right. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, so that, that's what we, that was a long answer, but that's what we, that's what we got in here. <laughs> all right. Good. So what are the major takeaways, in your opinion, from this year's research? So that people don't see a whole lot of red flags for publicly traded REITs, which is a good sign. Mm-hmm. I think it's, there, it's, it's fairly thematic that I think we've been talking about this um, in some of our other discussions that we're in a late stage of the commercial real estate cycle. So that might be cause for concern, but generally when people look at, you know, look at various fundamentals or look at what people are doing, they, they aren't that worried. So when it comes to thinking about REIT balance sheets, you know, whether they have, you know, their, their debt levels, people feel like they're not out of control, which was a major problem in the last cycle. Uh, also, they, you know, in terms of like assessing the quality of the portfolios that REITs currently control or their investment habits, I think there's just a lot of comfort with, with how REIT management teams are handling their companies and their strategies right now. So that's, I feel like that's like the major takeaway from, Mm -hmm. you know, that based on the responses we got. Got it. So as I understand REITs and I I certainly don't understand very much about them, but as I understand them, there's different kind of categories, right? I mean, as far as the different types. That's correct. Okay. So what categories or yeah, I guess categories is what we would call them. What categories were the best in, your, your respondents' view as far as maybe buy and sell, or, or uh, what are we seeing a lot of action on? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so so that so the way that we get at that is we ask our respondents if they were investing in REITs right now, which categories um, would be on their buy lists and their sell lists. Mm-hmm. And like you said, historically REITs kind of tend to focus on just one property type, you know, there are certainly some, you know, exceptions that are, that are diversified, but for generally, like, you know, if you're an industrial, you know, you just buy industrial properties. Uh, There's not that many exceptions. So within that, so that's how we kind of phrase the question, you know, Mm -hmm. we look at the various major categories of rates, ask people, 
what would be on your buy and sell list. We the way that we phrase the question, we ha- we allow people to select multiple options. So it's mm-hmm. not like that they're being pitted against each other. If they wanted to say buy across the board, they could. So mm-hmm. um, that's just I think important for um, understanding the, the answers. So w- with that on the buy side, the multifamily REITs jumped to the top of the list this year. They're they're always near the top, mm-hmm. uh, but in the past couple of years, industrial REITs had been had gotten the, the most responses or appeared on 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 the most buy lists uh, this year. Multifamily ticked slightly ahead of that, so it was like forty seven percent of respondents uh, put multifamily REITs on their buy list. Forty six percent put industrial on their buy list, and then after that, other popular responses were medical office, student housing, and then you start getting smaller numbers when you look at net lease REITs, office, hospitality, and, and retail. And then we also ask about mortgage REITs, which are sort of a, a subsector. Not, not a lot of people put those on either their buy or sell list, but we like to just include that because you know they, they are out there in, in, in the universe. Mm-hmm. So that's... Um, that was the buy side, and I think that that generally meshes with you know which which are the what the most popular sectors are more more broad broadly in terms of commercial real estate investment, and then on the sell lists, uh, retail was far and away the most popular option. Um, I think appearing on more than fifty percent of people's sell lists uh, versus I think, you know, like only 12% buy, buy list. So people are very bearish on re- remain bearish on retail reads. Mm-hmm. Um, I always find this interesting because it, it does happen every year that multifamily is usually near the top of people's buy lists, but then it's also near the top of people's sell lists. Whereas for some of the other sectors, there's a more clear, like, you know, people, industrial is high on the buy lists, low on the sell list. Uh, retail is, low on the buy list, high on the sell list. Multifamily every year shows up fairly high on both. And I've never really Hmm. been sure what to make of that other than I guess people have very strong opinions on on multifamily REITs. There's not a lot of middle of the road. Either people are like, you know, still all in for them or there's at least a significant minority that thinks maybe they're, you know, peaked and it's not not a good bet to buy those stocks right now. Yeah. Out of curiosity, how many different uh, categories are there? If you could spitball a number, we ask about uh, retail, multifamily, office, hospitality, mortgage, net lease, industrial, student housing, and medical office as distinct REIT categories. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, because those are the ones where uh, you have at least a decent number of companies uh, operating in each of those t- sectors, uh, then there are that doesn't. Then of course there are. Um, even more specialized mm-hmm. REITs like self-storage REITs and data center REITs and things like that, which we just, we haven't broken out as a, as a, a category on our buy or sell lists uh, so far, but we could do that in the future. But then a lot of people don't, you know, we, we give people the option to select other, um, but a lot of people don't. So I think those, you know, just generally, since there aren't, there aren't that many of them and they aren't that large, mm-hmm. they don't, um, pick up as much attention as the ones that we look at. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I honestly, I can't remember if you told me this, we were talking a little bit before the podcast, or if you said this at the opening of the podcast, but you kind of explained a little bit about what the research looks at, what you guys look at specifically. And you had talked about, um, you know, kind of what the state of their balance sheets are. So how, how do the re- balance sheets look right now? 
So our respondents um, feel like that REIT balance sheets are in good shape. So we give the options of, do you think they are highly levered, you know, balanced, or they have room to take on more debt? Uh, about 60% of respondents said that REIT balance sheets are in good shape. About 30% do say, did say that they are highly levered, so that's not a insignificant chunk, mm-hmm. but that's certainly not a red flag in my opinion where like, you know, if, if more than half of respondents were like really worried about how much debt the REITs were carrying, I think that would be more significant observation at this point. And, th- and that, those numbers have been fairly there and there hasn't been a whole lot of sh- deviation in those numbers in the four years we've done this survey. It's usually right around 60% think they're balanced uh, between 25 and 30% express some concern that they're highly levered. And then, you know, only about 15% actually feel like the REITs have room to take on more debt if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So how do people feel about the REITs access to capital at this point? So that's also fairly stable that in terms of both looking at debt and equity, roughly 40% of respondents said the capital markets picture has not changed significantly mm-hmm. um, for for REITs in terms of like accessing that capital. And then about 30% of respondents, those said that capital is actually more available so that there are more, there's more equity chasing REITs, that there's more ac- access to debt than a year ago. Um, only about 10% of respondents had some sense that maybe capital was less available. So capital markets picture. Uh, so the takeaway is that at least from our respondents' perspectives, they think that the capital markets picture is pretty stable for REITs compared to where it was uh, 12 months ago. Got it. When you guys talk about that and, and ask those questions, do you talk about strategies for, for REITs to raise capital? That is something else we ask and that we try to get a gauge on. So we ask what, again, from, from our reader's perspective, the best avenue for, if, you know, if you're a REIT in the market right now, what's the best way you should be, if you need more capital, what's the best way to do it? Is mm-hmm. it debt markets? Is it, uh, is it the public debt markets? Is it issuing more stock? Is it taking out property level, you know, mortgages on your properties? And the consensus points to actually property level debt, they they think is the best strategy for, you know, if REITs are looking to add some more debt, that's that's what they should be looking at is is borrowing against their properties. Only 15% thought that the public debt issuances would be a good idea right now. And then about, about a third were in favor of REITs doing secondary offerings, issuing new stock to get some get some cash from, from new shareholders. And those numbers are fairly consistent with what we've seen in years past. So there isn't a whole lot of um, shifting on, on what people think the best strategy is for if REITs are trying to add some capital. Now, again, not knowing exactly how REITs play into everything, but I obviously REITs play into an overall plan. When folks are dealing with those, what should they be doing with their cash on hand or and or their portfolios? So, the biggest thing that people said that REITs should do um, if they have additional cash, if they're, if they're in a good situation liquidity-wise, is to aggressively pay off the debt they do have. Mm-hmm. Um, that was named by more than 50% of our respondents as the, as the best thing to do with, with any, any cash they have on hand right now. Secondarily, 
they said repositioning or redeveloping existing assets it was a, would be a good use of cash right now and then about a third said acquiring additional assets um, and then smaller percentages um, investing said investing in cooperations and then only about 10% endorse the idea of doing share buybacks, which I, which has been a somewhat popular strategy for the REITs, but I think doesn't, at least in some of these years, I'm not sure actually right now if a lot of them are doing that. That During the cycle, we've seen some of that. It may not be happening as much right now, and it doesn't seem to be the preferred strategy endorsed by our readers for what REITs could be doing with their cash. So that's, that, that's how, in terms of, in terms of, in terms of the, the use of their capital, that that's where our readership came down. In terms of um, looking at what REITs should do with their existing portfolios, most, or this one we asked not what they should do, but what people expect they will do. So Mm -hmm. some some of these are, I think, some of the questions are worded more like, what do you think they should do? Some of them are asking what what they expect them to do. So this this is the latter. Most of our observers thought that, um, not most, but a the, the plurality, 35% said, thought REITs would pretty much stand pat. They wouldn't be um, net buyers or net sellers. Mm-hmm. Um, about a quarter of respondents did think they would be net buyers, and then only 17% thought they would be net sellers. So I think when you put that together, it ends up being about 63% of respondents think that REIT portfolios will stay the same or get larger during the, during the rest of the year whereas only 17% think that REITs will prune their portfolios. Then we had about 20% of um, respondents who said they're not sure. So, and that's, there is a, that, this question, a lot of these questions, I think it's been a theme that it said in a lot of, in a lot of these responses, not Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, fairly consistent answers that we've had over, over the years. This one, there was like a, a, I think a marginal Mm -hmm. shift where the number that, that 28% that said REITs would be net acquirers was, was the was the highest number we've had to that question. Mm-hmm. And 17% saying they would be net sellers is the lowest percentage response we've had to that question. So I think in past years, there's been, I think the, the way that the answers have played out, it was like a general, like people thought it would be flat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the number of people th- th- that thought it would go up or down was about equal. Uh, this year, there's a definite clear... A minor, like it's a it's a much smaller minority that thinks the REITs will sell versus um, a growing percentage that thinks they will be buying. So, hmm. I think that, that that was one of the more interesting of all of the takeaways so far. I think that was like one of the ones that stuck out as being the most distinct from from past research that we've done. Yeah, and and these are people's thoughts and opinions on it. Um, right. And I'm curious how it actually reflects the the reality. So. The next question would be, what's the M&A market? <laughs> Sorry, I hope I'm doing this right. What's the M&A, M&A, boy, that's M&A. Okay, I am saying it right. It just sounds weird. Uh, I think I'm so used to saying M&Ms, right? <laughs> I'm so used to saying M&Ms, peanut M&Ms, M&Ms, <laughs> M&A. Taking that into consideration or, you know, thinking about that last question and their opinions, what's the M&A market like for REITs? Right now, um, about half of respondents think it's a good time for re- mergers and acquisitions. Only 10% said it's a bad time to do that. Uh, this question, we always have a lot of people say they're not sure. <laughs> so yeah, I bet. There was like 40% of respondents who like don't 
say they don't know. You know, certainly in terms of reality, though, it's been a it, it last year was an extremely robust year for REIT mergers. Uh, we've had some movement in in some continued deals on that front in 2019 so far. I don't know. I I think it's fair to say that I don't think there's going to be a massive round of consolidation in in the the last six months of the year, but there there probably are a couple of deals out there uh, Mm -hmm. to to be had on on the mergers and mergers front. Hmm. Now I know a lot of your listeners would like me to, you know, ask probably this more specific question. I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you just kind of give us an idea whether it comes from kind of the, this uh, research you've gathered or kind of what you're seeing right now, what are the expectations for REIT stock prices and total returns? So for the balance of 2000 and for, for the last, you know, second, a little less than second half of the year at this point, mm-hmm. 55% of respondents said they thought REIT stock prices uh, will go up um, on the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. That, that was per- the most bullish answer we've ever gotten to that question. Mm. Only only twenty two percent said that they thought REIT stock prices would go down, so that's that seems a fairly positive. People feel yeah. pretty good about the about the outlook on stock prices, and then um, and similarly on total returns, the uh, it was fifty three percent said that total returns would continue to grow for the second half of the year. Although that was not as we've had numbers like that in previous years. The stock price one was. A little bit was was more stark in comparison that people had this uh, had had a much more bullish uh, attitude on on stock prices. Um, generally, people have felt pretty good about total returns growing because that's they they generally have for for REITs in, in in previous years. I think also that's a reflection of coming off of last year ended up being, um, I think ended a little bit on a down note. So there was some more room. For growth, got in, it in this year. So I think that it's a reflection of that 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 the three that REITs had a had some had a favorable in a favorable position to be grow for their stock prices and total returns to go up relative to where they were. Got it. So a little bit of a comeback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seems to help. <laughs> yeah, so right. we're like yeah, they like said like a you know a long kind of a multiple year run of of growth and and generally trending up. Then I think they hit a little bit of a hiccup. And now they're kind of going back, you know, continued on the upward trajectory. That's sort of like the the feelings on when it comes to those metrics. Got it. Well, that's, that sounds pretty positive. Is there, what else do we need to know out of this report? I know that you have it available uh, for people to see. Is that correct? That's correct. It's, it's um, on nreionline.com right now. Um, You can find it in, we have a specials part of the site. If you go to the menu, that takes you to an REI research series where you can find not only this report, but um, the other reports that we've done this year and going back, you know, years. So you can kind of look at any year over year comparisons if you want there. So, so it's all in one spot on the, on the site. So that's, you know, that's where you can find it. Great. <laughs> and in terms of like takeaways, the, the, I think the other piece, the, the other sort of question uh, that 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 people might have, which is not something we ask about in the report, but but is something I think that you can kind of read between the lines, is what are, are there going to be new IPOs for an, an additional REITs given given the overall market fundamentals? Is it you know are there opportunities for 
other private portfolios or, or real estate that's held in other ways to be turned into a, a new REIT. And I think that there, I think both our report and then if you, and then you speak to people in the market, they think it's, it's, it is a good, there are good conditions for there to be some, some more REIT IPOs for the rest of the year. I, I, so that's, I think that would be one other, um, one other, one other thought that people might be wondering about when, when looking at the public REITs. Got it. So overall, are we thinking positive here? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that really, unless they come out with a free box of Krispy Kremes for every REIT purchase, <laughs> unless that happens and we announce that or you announce that and let me know, I, <laughs> I don't think it gets much better than we heard today. So I know the report's very robust and thank you so much for getting people to it, showing them, you know, telling them where they can find it. Um, I appreciate it. Any closing thoughts for today? I think that would be be it for today for thoughts on, on this report and just looking ahead for in the next couple of weeks, I think we'll be doing more of our news roundups and All then right. have a, uh, and then we'll have a few more of these research centric uh, podcasts to come more in that uh, towards the end of the summer. Great. Great information. Thank you so much, David. Thank you. Thanks for your time. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the NREI Weekender with your host, David Bodemer. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when David comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at the NREI Weekender, this is Eric Johnson inviting you back next week for all the news that matters to you. We'll see you soon. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of NERI Informa. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. 